0: This is the Animals Eye View podcast and I'm your host Lizanne Flynn. I know I haven't been publishing a podcast for a while, I'm not going to be offering any excuses. Um, I will share a few things that I've discovered about doing podcasts. I came to the realization that for me, having an audience is something that's kind of critical while I'm in the midst of doing the podcast, and that was a really surprising thing to me. I think I've shared before that I did a radio show, actually two radio shows at one point in time, and during those radio shows there was a Facebook chat group that you could visit and step into at the time and the date of my specific radio show, and what I didn't realize when I let go of the radio show... and to be honest, when I let go of the radio show, it just seemed like the right thing to do. It seemed like I had come to a stopping point, and it seemed like, oh, okay, this is something that I can kind of chuck off of the list. And it felt very complete to me. I didn't leave under duress. There was no emotional component other than kind of a peaceful feeling of, oh, okay, this is something that 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 is finished for me. And in starting up the podcast, (laughs) I got some feedback from a, I suppose we could call him a listener. (laughs) Um, I'm not sure, I think he does it voluntarily. Of course he does, Uh, a member of my family, um, who said, you know, uh, maybe, maybe you should just try just kind of talking without having it fairly scripted out. And I know what he was getting at probably is that, Podcasts, I think, are good while you definitely can have your notes together about the subject on which you're speaking. I know when I listen to podcasts, I appreciate it if, probably because I'm curious and maybe a bit of a, of a nerd, a geeky nerd, if there are facts and figures and, I don't know, hypotheses, theories, things like that, that people can lay out before me because my brain really appreciates that. And at the same time, with his feedback, I realized that the component that was missing was audience participation. And so I cogitated on that for a little while. And in the meantime, there were life happenings that came up. Um, A family member went into Navy boot camp. Um, that was a significant shift for all of the members in our family, I think. I'm still adjusting to that as as a mom. Um, but I definitely felt, if you will, the siren call to keep at this podcast. And I'm thinking that beyond this one today. And we'll see how I go about this. This this one might not ever see the light of day, which, you know, is also kind of the nice thing about having a podcast. You can listen to it later and go, yeah, no. No, this is not going to work for <laughs> the listening world out there. And of course, yes, we're always our own harshest critics. And the other thought that I had in mind, I started a Facebook group Uh, not surprisingly called The Animal's Eye View. If you'd like to look it up there on Facebook, I would love to have you be a member. It's currently a closed group, uh, although members are free to invite anybody that they think, as I put in the the group announcements, uh, people who are of like-hearted beingness, for lack of a better word, um, that they're that they 're free to welcome people I think we're getting close to two hundred people in there it 's a delight for me. We have great conversations and so i 'm thinking what I might do is start doing some live uh, Facebook video events live you know, live events on Facebook, and record them at the same time and have those be the podcast. And as I said, I guess I kind of anticipated that the podcast would be the same as radio, but it's interesting to have it just be me, at least at this point in time. We'll, we'll see how everything transpires. The subject matter that I wanted to dive into a little bit today has to do with animals in the wild and, more specifically, human interaction with animals in the wild. Here in Colorado, where I am, we just had our first snow of the season. Uh, It's a little bit, I don't know, I think with um, uh, climate change, I think, pretty much everybody in the world is feeling that. Here in Colorado, it manifests itself in that everybody was in shorts and flip-flops yesterday because it was 80 degrees. And today, if we're lucky, my weather app on my phone tells me that we might reach a high of 25 degrees. And as I look out my back door window there's ever so slightly some snow coming down. I can see a little patch of blue sky but yes we had our first snow of the season and by Saturday it's going to be up to 65 degrees again so as it relates to this we're we're kind of getting a little past the time I think where animals in the wild particularly bears but not necessarily just only bears but other animals in the wild are looking to honor the seasonal cycles that they have within their species. So bears tend to eat more and kind of bulk up for hibernation. We might see mountain lions more on the prowl and looking for additional prey. And certainly I think that like probably most of you who are listening to this podcast and I'm I'm assuming, and maybe I should make that assumption that you're of of a like-hearted uh, place in a like-hearted place that I am, that they were there first. I think in a previous podcast, I mentioned my very first encounter with an animal in the wild, a mountain lion uh, who told me his name was Henry. And of course, that was for my benefit. They like to do that, animals in the wild, they know that humans do a lot better since our default consciousness, if you will, our way of relating to each other and frankly to them is individual, they, like animal helpers in other dimensions and certainly guides everywhere in the galaxy, understand that communication flows a little bit more easily if we can make that one-to-one conversation. So... I was asked by clients of mine at the time who lived in I guess probably a quasi rural area their home happened to back up against to a uh, greenbelt area, the foothills here in Colorado, and as it so happened, their two lovely dogs who were fabulous were waking up about two three o'clock in the morning, going out into the backyard through the doggy door, bark bark bark, 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 lots of alerting lots of activity going on and then within a moment or so those barks would change to some yips as if they were a little bit frightened about something Then they would whiz back in through the doggy door and of course being the good dogs that they are they would come and wake my clients up <laughs> probably out of a very sound sleep and so after a couple of nights of this my clients contacted me and they said gosh we really need your help with this we're not really sure what's going on but Here's what the dogs are telling us, and can you take a look and talk with them and see what it is that they're experiencing? So, as an intuitive, I used a tool called remote viewing, which is where you, I guess it's probably similar to astral travel, in which the inner you, for lack of a better word at this point in time, steps out of physical you and steps into that physical location elsewhere on the planet where you're attempting to connect to a point of energy. And when I did that, I was met with what felt like kind of a thump on in the middle of my chest imagine if you will taking your hand and if you want to do it at this point in time and holding it out about maybe two or three inches and then placing it rather firmly and rather quickly in the middle of your chest that's what this connection felt like and in that moment I was connected with mountain lion and even more importantly at that moment I was also connected with every single other being at least animal wise on the face of the planet. It remains in this lifetime and in this experience one of the most amazing experiences I've ever had because the energy as you might imagine was literally off the charts and it was amazing and astonishing to me that this mountain lion who told me his name was Henry could still continue to exist in his individual mountain lion animal experience and at the same time keep track of and be actively connected to every other animal species on the planet. Uh, Visually it looked like an incredibly dynamic super spider web if you will kind of loosely draped over the surface of the planet. The bottom line with Henry was that his mother had gotten pregnant again I think this was probably like late spring, early summer, if memory serves. And Henry was not at the place in his maturity and development, he said to me, to seek out his own territory, which is what mountain lions do. They're solitary animals. And so for the meantime, he decided to stick to an area that was loosely associated with and loosely connected with the physical territory of his mother. And in a few months' time, probably early fall, he would be migrating up north to Wyoming. But for the time being, thank you very much, he was content to use this Greenbelt Trail in this particular area to live and to feed himself and to basically have his existence. I remember at the time relaying this information to my clients, and right at the moment, the the woman of this couple said to me, well, can't he use, choose another place to travel? At the same time, in one ear, I was hearing her words, Henry, as animals are very quick on the mark and sometimes happens in animal communication world. It's like you have um, stereo, where in one ear you're hearing someone say something external to you, and in the other ear you're hearing conversation or information that's coming in from another dimension Henry said quite emphatically to me I was here first and followed by a second of silence and then he said to me and my advice is to keep the dogs in at night which I relayed to my clients and we also had conversation when I first connected with Henry I said so if you had you know, flyers from the Department of Wildlife or Parks and Recreation about mountain lion sightings in the area. And my guardians were just like, well, yeah, just a matter of fact, yes, just the other day we got a flyer from the Department of Wildlife saying that there was a young male mountain lion who was being seen traveling in the area. And so I invited them to introduce themselves to Henry if they so chose. But for the time being, Henry was pretty firmly staying put and I would invite them to follow his advice, which was to keep the dogs in at night, which is what they did, just temporarily. And then Henry moved out of the area and I presume is having a, a lovely mountain lion life up in up north in Wyoming. And I relate this story because it appeared like this past, probably spring, summer, and maybe even to late summer and early fall, that it was a pretty active time for humans to be having interactions. I, I choose to call them interactions, and I'll explain why in just a second, with beings like mountain lions, um, with bears. We've had occasional sightings of moose, of elk, uh, particularly here in Colorado who were, if humans get too close to them, elk being in rut and hormones, of course, causing everyone not to think quite clearly at the time. And you may all have heard the story about bison encounters up in Yellowstone Park where humans are, in my opinion, not acting with respect and understanding of what territory means to these animals in the wild. You know, when you think about it, there's a very clear delineation, and it's astonishing, actually, if you think about it, that predator and prey in the wild live actually really lovely lives together. They all understand what territory is. They all understand This is my territory. Yeah, I'm not going to be pretty happy with you if you enter into my territory, and here's what's going to happen if you enter into my territory. Prey understands that it's not wise to come out at dusk because that's when apex predators, such as mountain lions, typically choose to do their hunting and their seeking nourishment and sustenance for themselves. And if humans happen to step out into that particular area at that point in time, you do run the risk if you're not aware of your surroundings of, our word for it, is being attacked. I posted the other day on Facebook in a Facebook uh, group where someone was talking about, I think, interactions with elk or moose or perhaps even bear at this point of, of time in the year. And the point being is that I think if we can reframe the word attack into reaction and understand what it's like from the animal's eye view, from their perspective. Because they're so good at keeping territorial boundaries with each other, from their perspective, it's only right that other other beings, not necessarily animal beings, but human beings, would also respect that. So if you venture into an animal's territory either intentionally or unintentionally their reaction is going to be one of two things it's either going to be fear or it's going to be pain that's how animals react and because their reaction is defensive in nature it actually looks pretty fierce to us and it's meant to look fierce to us and in our position as no surprise and something that I think a lot of humans forget we are also apex predator And so, from a predator's perspective, that reaction then is going to be one of either fight or flight. If it's a prey animal, it's probably going to be freeze or flight or sometimes in certain situations faint, as in playing dead. But it's not an attack. It's not a deliberate, oh, there's a human and I need to attack this human. And I have to say that if we were to just change this perspective, I think and understand that when we go into these places in the wild and i'm a I'm a big advocate for people stepping out into nature. The Japanese have a term for it for the forest bathing um recent studies psychologists again, no surprise, sometimes they're a little late to the party in my own opinion. <laughs> I've discovered that, yes, you can lower your blood pressure, good things happens to your body when you reconnect to that which you are already part of. In other words, spending time out in nature. So I'm not saying don't spend time out in nature. What I am inviting you to consider is that when you step out into nature and at certain points in the year and you happen to come across an animal in the wild, I would invite you first and foremost to be cognizant before you step out into nature of into whose living room quite frankly you might be stepping and to understand no it's probably not a good idea for me to take a hike hike at dusk no if i do live in a rural place it probably is a good idea to have the kids and the animals come in at night and around dusk time if you happen to be living right up against an area that have mountain lions in the vicinity I think that's just being respectful, and I think that's a way where we can kind of maybe turn the corner and understand from a joint perspective of both human and animal that it's not an attack. It's really about having mutual respect for each other and understanding that, in fact, especially with the large and ever-growing numbers of human beings, humans on the planet, were stepping into their territory more and more and more. And I think a little mindfulness can go a long way in making sure that you don't find yourself on the receiving end of certainly cornering an animal in the wild, such as getting too close to bison or to bear or to moose or to elk, and to giving them the respect that, i know they offer to us all the time it seems to be a simple thing to me really there's something that i do before i step out into nature pretty much any time i take a walk or a hike and i fully admit that it's mostly for my own self that i do this i send out a thought a telepathic greeting if you will to all of the animals in the wild in the area, be they large or small, and I greet them and I say, I'm going to be sharing space with you today. If any one of you would like to drop by and pay me a visit and give me a message, I would love it if you would do that. And I have to say I've been pleasantly surprised on a number of occasions, both large and small, of how that energy kind of seems to pave a magical path before me and I have the interactions and encounters with animals in the wild that I'm meant to. One such notable encounter was with a, a coyote at a, a walk I was doing close to a nature preserve that actually happens to be in the middle of uh, a a park that's actually close to a cemetery actually located here in the middle of uh, the city where i live crown hill some of you local listeners may know it well it's a beautiful path there's a lake in the middle you can see turtles you can see fish geese uh cormorants uh black-winged redbirds uh black excuse me red-winged blackbirds all sorts of beautiful creatures from time to time. This one particular day, as I was getting ready to set out on my walk, I saw a woman that was hurrying off of the path into the parking lot that sits next to this park area. Uh, She was holding her hand and it was bleeding. And I started to approach her, but I could see that she was pretty fixated on getting away from the path and likely seeking help for herself. And so I felt a little wash of fear and anxiety going through me picking up on what was going on with her. And I thought to myself at the time, I wonder if she suffered a bite either from an animal in the wild or a dog. And actually, I initially thought it might have been a dog that perhaps she had gotten too close to someone else's dog and the dog had snapped, you know, those sorts of things. It wasn't until I stepped into the nature preserve that is really open certain months of the year, of course, to be in tune with the birthing season, the season of regeneration for the animals in the wild in that area and I opened up the unlocked gate and I stepped onto the path and I'd love going on this path because it's a little bit isolated from the main area and that's where I usually stop and I sit on a bench and I might do a shamanic journey or that's where I saw five deer at one time cross my path about 10 feet in front of me which is absolutely amazing but this particular day after I opened up the gate and stepped onto the path out from the left side of the brush that borders both sides of this path stepped a coyote. He didn't step toward me. He stepped away from me. And he was about, like I said, maybe six to eight feet in front of me. It was clear that he wasn't adopting a confrontive stance with me or confrontive position. But to a certain extent, it felt like And he was a pretty good-sized coyote. (laughs) You typically only think of coyotes as being perhaps a little bit smaller. Wolves, of course, tend to be much bigger in physical stature than coyotes are. Uh, This guy was pretty big. And it felt like the message that I got immediately at that point in time was, I've already had one interaction with a human. I don't care to have another. And at this moment in time, I'd rather have this path to myself. Now I could have made the choice to continue to follow the coyote, but even as that thought went through my head, the other thought of what would another predator in the wild think if a larger, much bigger apex predator was following them, and that then brought up lots of uncomfortable and not at all positive feelings of, I didn't want this animal in the wild to feel like I was somehow stalking them. So I said thank you to the coyote for the message. I turned on my heel. I turned back around. I didn't really have any fear that the coyote was going to turn on me and uh, have an uncomfortable interaction like he had just had with this woman before. But I, I just was willing and more than happy on that day to say thank you for the message I'm happy to redirect my my walk today my path today and so as you step out into the wild and you might receive these messages I would invite you to pay attention to them I would invite you to extend yourself as much as you feel comfortable extending yourself and sending out that greeting And I found that if you do so from a place of being comfortable with where you are and being in confidence with yourself and being in control of who you are, it's much more likely that the animals in the wild, if they don't have a message for you, they're probably going to stay out of your way. And even those ones that have a message for you, like the coyote did for me on that day, you'll be in a much better position to be aware of that message and be much more willing and able to connect with those animals in the wild appropriately. I'm Lizanne Flynn. This has been the Animals Eye View podcast. I'll see you next time.